Well, let me wish you a very Merry Christmas as Thanksgiving is officially passed and the Christmas season is here. We are excited to begin to shift our attention from the things that we've been looking at in the month of November and everyone talks about the importance of being grateful and giving thanks and, and that isn't, that's an attitude, it's a lifestyle, but we just have a few weeks every year that set aside as we approach the Christmas season. And there's so much in the Bible to, uh, to, to talk about, to discuss, to share, as it relates to the birth of Jesus. And so I'm excited this morning to, give, uh, to be given the opportunity to speak to you guys for just a few minutes uh, on the wonderful topic of Jesus and him being the greatest gift that was ever given for you and for me. Before I get into that this morning, I would be remorse if I did not take a moment and congratulate uh, my son. We have, uh, shake it off. We have in our house uh, prayed for uh, godly men and women to come into our family. And we're so super thankful uh, that God brought us Libby. And so uh, Wednesday was an exciting day, a full day, as Titus flew in early that morning and had been planning uh, to propose to Libby. And uh, he, he was... Uh, prudent enough and smart enough and kind enough to include all the parents in that proposal. And so that was super cool as we got to see uh, him get down on one knee and propose to Libby. And the good news of the day was she said yes. <clears throat> so we congratulate Titus and Libby. Hallelujah. And I didn't expect all that already this morning. The title this morning that I'd like to bring forth for you guys is this, and I'll explain it as we go. We are shepherds. You may not have known that when you walked in this morning. You may say, well, I'm a factory worker, or I work in an office, or I, I work at a school. Never really thought of myself as a shepherd. Well, hopefully by the end of this morning, you will. Luke chapter 2 is, in my opinion, the greatest portion of Scripture given to us as a picture of what happened the night that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And Luke's occupation is that he was a doctor. And so I like to converse with Dr. Craig because if you are a doctor, you carry a great level of intelligence and intellectual verbiage. And I, I believe Dr. Luke was just like you, Dr. Craig. He was just on top of his game. And he knew what he was talking about, and his T's were crossed, and his I's were dotted. And so when Luke was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write of the account of the birth, he waxed eloquent, and he presented it in a way that I would love to share with you guys just a little bit this morning. 
He says in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and it came to pass. Pastor says a lot that, hallelujah, it came, it came to pass. It, this, this too shall pass. And we get it from Dr. Luke, who says it a handful of times. And it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, hallelujah. The valley that you're in, God didn't want you to stay there. It came to pass. In those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, we talked about engagements already today, who was great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And Jeremy brought this forth earlier. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Ah, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The shepherds were the chosen group of people to first hear the good news of the coming of the Messiah. And as we are shepherds, we, if you have accepted Jesus, have been chosen to hear and receive the good tidings as well. The word gospel, which we hear about a lot in church, that's kind of a church word. The definition of gospel is the good news. Can you imagine, try to imagine with me, late night, it seems like a normal night, but as you are watching your sheep, doing what you normally do. There's a different feel that comes across. The hair on the back of your neck begins to stand up a little bit. You feel chills. And the Bible says that 
the, in verse 9, an angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, I'm not going to ask necessarily for firsthand accounts, but I don't know if, if any of you have ever been physically encountered by an angel. I haven't. I felt the presence of the Lord very strong, and I've, I've felt his leading and protection and guidance in certain areas. But to actually be encountered by an angel, I haven't. I can imagine this. I would be terrified. I would rub my eyes 13 times. I would wonder if someone slipped something in my drink. I would wonder if indigestion's playing a role in what I'm seeing. That would scare the snot out of me. They were no different. They were watching sheep. There were no street lights. It was dark. And an angel of the Lord came upon them. And not just that, but then the Bible says, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Like we are surrounded with light and glory, and something is not how it normally is. Praise God. The first thing the angel said was, chill out. Everybody take a deep breath. It's all good. I'm not here to harm or hurt anybody. <sighs> I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Hallelujah, of all the possible people that could have first heard of the birth of Jesus, the shepherds were the ones that were chosen. It wasn't the high society political figures or those that were rich or wealthy. It wasn't the famous. It wasn't those that, that were presidents of companies or held high positions of clout. The shepherds were chosen. And I can't help but think when I say, God, why shepherds? <laughs> shepherds were humble people. They had humble jobs. They didn't rub shoulders with the high and mighty. They displayed humility. And I think of the verses that would be written later in time, one by James and one by Peter, where it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Shepherds were considered to be unworthy people. They were less than. They were unholy. So we, you and I, we, by the way, in case you didn't know, I'm going to give you a little bit of a news flash today. You are not Jews originally. You are Gentiles. I am a Gentile. Gentiles were those people who were not Jewish, and they were considered less than. That's who we are. We are considered unworthy, unholy, and less than. We are considered that by our own mind. We are considered that by the enemy, and he desires to remind us of that. And so Jesus became the substitute for our unholiness. He became the go-between for our unworthiness. See, I'm still not worthy in me. I'm worthy because of him. And the shepherds are like us. That's how they were considered. But yet God chose 
to tell them first of the good news. And aren't you thankful if you're saved this morning that God gave his good news to you? You should come out of Thanksgiving realizing that Black Friday and all the shopping isn't the focus as we move toward Christmas. It's still to circle Luke chapter 2, to circle Bethlehem, to circle the manger and say, that's why I'm thankful. That's the meaning of Christmas. God looked around heaven and he said, I need something to show human, uh, to mankind and humans that I love them so much that I can't even stand the thought of spending eternity without them. What can be done? I will give them my most important prized Love, I will give my son. And Jesus came to us. And that is the good news. And that is the gospel of Jesus. And that's why I smile this morning. Because we have been chosen to hear the good tidings. Well, the second thing is that we have been chosen to see the miraculous goodness of God. Verses 15 and 16, and it came to pass as the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, well, we've heard the good news. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And the Bible says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. One of the songs that we have utilized for worship here over the past couple years is called Goodness of God. I love the lyrics to this song. The writer says, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. That's my testimony this morning. That's it. I've wrapped up in that verse of that song. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And I realize my point is we have been chosen to see the miraculous goodness of God. But here's how we see things. It's not necessarily through physical eyes. Once I realized that I was a sinner, then I was able to see the amazing grace that salvation provides through forgiveness. Doc I'm just going to side note, so I'll come over here just for a second. Uh, Bible study and, and prayer time yesterday morning was really good. It was great. And Doc had a very thought-provoking point in question as he talked about truth. What is truth? And I think about when the time came where I saw that I was a sinner. See, you can't get someone saved that doesn't realize they're lost. I talk to people at the gym about church, and one of the first questions is, why, why would I go to church? See, there's no realization. Well, the reason you go to church is because you could, you could see the goodness of God, but you could realize that your sin is, is, is keeping you at bay from the goodness of God. People today, they don't, and I say today, but it's been this way all through time. 
They don't realize that they need a savior because they don't know what they need saved from. I think Neil brought that up yesterday. You know, he said, when people were telling him, you need to get saved, he's like, saved from what? I think he told you that. He came home and, I got saved, and you were like, saved from what? We don't really hear about the fact that our sin separates us from God. We don't hear about that. People don't hear about that out in the world, and it's not that we are we're putting judgment on them or shaking our finger at them, but here's the truth, Doc. Their sin is going to keep them from heaven. It will. They'd be great people. I was born in sin. David said, I was born in sin, and sin did, that was I conceived. I just have a sin nature, and Paul talks all about it. And so in order to see the miraculous goodness of God, we have to realize that there's a truth that our sin is going to separate us from that if we allow it. But we are able to see God's goodness. I'm able to realize that amazing grace is for me and that I can stand on that and know that he loves me. I've been chosen to see that. And I pray that if you don't know what I'm talking about this morning, that you won't leave this room until you realize that the goodness of God is for you to see as well. The good tidings are for you to hear as well. Well, number three, we are shepherds because we have been chosen to spread Jesus to the world. Look at verse 17. And when they had seen it, the shepherds, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Made known abroad. See, that's not just um, the person three feet from me. When the Bible says made known abroad, I don't think you could shut the shepherds up. I think they were one of those people that, like, like a parent is so proud when their kid does something good that that's all they want to talk about. I think that's how the shepherds were. Somebody come up to the shepherds and be like, man, it was a chilly night last night. Oh, man, last night. Let me tell you about last night. It rocked my world. You'll never believe what happened. You'll never believe what I saw. This, this angel came and told us, and, and it was so amazing. And I, I just can't believe I just got to tell somebody. Where's Betty? <laughs> I, I, you know, you get it all inside, just as a parent would. You, you, I mean, if you want to talk about the Cowboys and their great Thanksgiving win, let's talk about it, man. I'll get excited. Don't talk to Jeremy about Alabama. That's, that's not very exciting. For those of you know, oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> we have been chosen. We are shepherds as well. We've been chosen to spread the good news. Oh, What's your purpose? John, I don't know my purpose in life. I'll tell you. You're a shepherd. Spread the good news of Jesus. To people you see, smile and be Jesus. To people that maybe inquire, let them know of the goodness of God in your life. Those of you who are big social media people, check out Travis's TikToks. They're phenomenal. Travis says, I'm going to use TikTok as a platform to spread the gospel of Jesus. And that's what he does. Made known abroad. Got to tell somebody. God's been so good to me, I want him to be that good to you, and he can be. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, and 14, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whosoever means whosoever. You're included. I'm included. But the Bible then says in verse 14, 
Paul says, how can they call on one in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear unless someone go tell them? We're shepherds. They made known abroad. Go tell somebody. Go share. Be Jesus. Be a light. Don't be negative. Everyone in the world is negative. That doesn't take any talent. Don't argue about politics. That doesn't take any talent. Don't, don't be critical. Don't, don't put people down. Lift people up. Encourage. Be different. Takes me right into my next point. If the shepherds not only heard the good tidings, they saw the miraculous goodness of God, they were chosen to spread the, the word to the world, but they were considered odd or strange or different by the people that they met. And so we as shepherds are considered odd. Look at verse 18. All they that heard it, heard what? What the shepherds were telling them about Jesus. All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. I'm sure they did. This wasn't an account that happened just all the time. Angel appears, uh-huh. Baby is born, uh-huh. Stable scene, man and wife, they're alone. This doesn't just happen all the time. I think you were drinking a little too much during your shepherd shift. I think the eggnog was flowing a little deep. Maybe you didn't quite see what you thought you saw. Well, how many times have you had someone look at you cross-eyed? <laughs> or, you know, that Kevin Prangy is a real piece of work. Just warning you, don't go over and talk to him unless you want to hear all that religious. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? There he is. <laughs> We're, we're different. You don't have to be preachy, but you can be different. You can let people see there's something about you that they don't have. And you're not flaunting it. Our job is to share and spread. But we may be considered strange. I think of, of Paul standing before Festus and King Agrippa in the book of Acts. And after Paul gave the gospel message to Felix and Agrippa, I'm sorry, Festus and Agrippa, Festus told Paul in Acts 26, 24, I believe you are insane. You're mad. You've lost it, Paul. It's not possible, all the stuff that you're saying, that God sent his son to pay for my sin, and he was Jesus, the promised Messiah, People may look at you as being deceived, delusional, or just plain crazy. It's because they don't understand what we know. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. I have talked to people. I think of the fellow named Jason that I worked with in Sparta. And Jason, maybe I've shared about Jason before. He was a scary fella. 
And uh, this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Jason always had a knife on him. And you were just hoping that Jason would never be ticked off at you. Working with Jason, man, he, just the way he carried himself. And there was one night that God said, I want you to witness to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. I began to just share with Jason about Jesus. And Jason was receptive until I got to the point where he said, well, what do I have to do to get saved? And I said, you just ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life and you accept his gift, his sacrifice. You realize your sin separates you from God and you need him. And Jason looked up from the floor into my eyes and he said, what else? I said, that's it. You accept what he's giving. And he goes, there's got to be more. It's not enough. He said, what do I do? I said, you can't do anything. He did it. He was like, how many Hail Marys do I need to say? He said, how many elderly ladies do I need to help across the street? He shook his head and he goes, I can't. I can't believe that. And he, he didn't make a decision that night. Now, I hope he's made a decision in the 25 years since that's happened. It sounded like foolishness to him. It wasn't enough. More. The Bible says those things are spiritually discerned. I needed the Holy Spirit then to reveal that to him. And I hope that he did. But don't be discouraged when people look at you and think, you're weird. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Straight up. Lastly, we are shepherds in that we carry the glory of God in the way we live. <clears throat> Verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I can't think that shepherds were known for their worship walk for their praise preach. I can't think that they were people that were all the time clicking their heels saying, God is so good, he's been so good to me, I just can't keep it quiet. They probably weren't your uh, out of the box, in your face, oozy people. Jesus. That probably wasn't them. But the Bible says after they encountered Jesus in Bethlehem, that they returned to their sheep, they go back to where God has called them, glorifying and praising him for all the things they had heard and seen. If we are shepherds, then we should live the same way. Live a life glorifying to God. I want to live a life that points to him. I've brought this out before, and so you'll have to forgive me for being redundant. But about, I don't know, two and a half years ago, uh, God, I just felt 
that I needed to be healthier. And so eating too much sugar and not being active enough, and I didn't feel right, and I went to the doctor and had a bunch of tests done. And one of the things that was decided was I needed to make better choices. And so in the process of that, of eating right and doing some things that were better, um, I got involved in, in physical activity and joined a gym. So if I am someone that wants to make better choices physically, okay, who am I going to look at and inquire of more? Brad or someone that weighs 450 pounds? Oh, I'm not judging them, but common sense says Brad has more knowledge because he's walking the path. If I have a question, I know he's going to tell me the truth. He won't be like, well, you know, drink all the Mountain Dew you want to. It'll be fine. It won't. If we're shepherds, we're going to look different. And people, when they see that they're lacking and they want to know more, who are they going to look to? Your life should look like Jesus. Christians means Christ-like. Make a mistake, own it, and apologize, ask for forgiveness. When someone does something nice, say thank you. If you need someone's help, say please. Show up on time for work. Make your boss the best boss ever. And you can't expect to become more like Jesus if you're relying on an hour on Sunday morning. That's when you get in the Word on Monday and Tuesday and the rest of the week, the days of the week. And that's when you thread the good Christian music through your brain because garbage in, garbage out. So don't put garbage in, and then garbage will come out. Make the right choices. Why? Because it's not about you, it's about others. I want people to see something in me. You make your own choice. I want people to see something in me that they know that when they need a change in their life, that I'm going to shoot them straight and tell them about Jesus. My dad worked on the railroad for years. And when the foreman would leave, all of the guys gathered together, built a fire, and brought out the six-packs and the 12-packs. Dad just kept working they would begin to ridicule him. Brown, what are you doing? Foreman's gone. Come on over here. <laughs> Dad's relaying the story to me. He said, I'm not getting paid to go drink. I'm getting paid to work. They, they called him a lot and ridiculed him a lot. Some time had passed. There was an accident on the railroad, and they had to call an ambulance because one guy had a terrible, terrible accident and was going to lose his leg. And of the hundred plus guys out there working, the foreman calls my dad and says, I know you, you, know, you don't run with this guy, but I need you to ride in the ambulance with him. I need you to call his wife. I need you to make sure that they get him taken care of, that you get her to the hospital, that you console and comfort her while she's there. But there's a hundred other people out here. Go choose one of his buddies. That's not what my dad said. Dad said, yeah. Why? 
because he looks different than the rest of them. You could go be a shepherd. You look different than the rest of them. Our lives should reflect our decision to follow Almighty God. Where is the change? Well, the shepherds were never the same. And we shouldn't be either. But here's the truth. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot introduce one that you've never met. You cannot explain the things that you don't know. And you cannot bear witness of what you have never experienced. So if you don't have Jesus in your life, it's going to be hard for you to share. If you haven't met the King of Kings, good luck introducing him. If you don't fully understand God's design and purpose for you through salvation and redemption, good luck explaining it. And if you haven't bore witness of what you have seen and heard through the change in your life, then I invite you to do that this morning. If you guys would please bow your heads and close your eyes. And I only do this, this doesn't make anyone holy. It just keeps us focused and keeps us from being distracted. If you can honestly say, I have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life, but I want to, that is going to be the greatest decision that you've ever or will ever make. But the person sitting next to you can't make it for you. I love my wife dearly, but if she wasn't saved, I cannot save her. She has to make that decision. So I invite you this morning, there is no magic potion prayer. It is simply a decision. It's a decision in your heart that you just cry out to a God that you've never met. And you say, Lord, I am lost. My sin is going to take me to hell. It doesn't matter how good or how bad I am. I am a sinner and I need saving. I need salvation. And although I don't fully understand all that took place on Calvary, I thank you that you were crucified as a perfect man and perfect God. And your blood paid for the sin that I commit. I receive you as Lord and Savior of my life. I know that the story didn't stop at the cross, that three days after being in a tomb, you came back to life. And you are alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. God, I love you, and I just want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. If that's a decision that you'd like to make, then you just tell him. You just pray, ask him into your heart, receive him as your Lord and Savior. And then do me a favor, if, if you're praying that, or you've prayed that, or you're going to pray that, don't keep it quiet. Be a shepherd, go tell somebody. 
God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that freedom only comes through knowing who you are. I don't have to walk and waller in sin anymore. It doesn't have control or dominion over my life. The old man is dead. I am crucified with Christ. I still live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God, I pray that we would proclaim the words to this song. How freedom reigns in this place. How freedom rules and reigns in our life. stand and sing this morning.
like the shepherds on that night, Lord, may we proclaim the gospel, the good news you've given us from here on out. May it not just be this Christmas season, but every day in our lives. And may we know deep within our hearts the freedom that you've given us. There's no chain holding us, no prison keeping us at bay. God, we can live abundant lives for you in your freedom and proclaim it to all who hear. I pray, Lord, that you would bless everyone this morning. Help us to live our lives for you, to live in that freedom, and to follow where you lead. I pray all this in the mighty name of our Savior Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Like it was said, if you pray that prayer for the first time today, please find someone. Share that good news. Be like the shepherds. Share that good news with someone this morning. Be blessed. Have a great day.